Welcome to the Crocker Report podcast. Today we're back with Michael Fees, Jonathan Hagler, Eugene Holt, and Damian Parsons. And we're talking Senior Bowl again. Uh, today we're focusing on the offensive skill players. Let's start with the quarterbacks. And Eugene, you have a guy that we haven't talked about much internally or, or publicly yet, uh, Felipe Frank. What do you think of him? I was going into it blind when I started looking at him. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to him. So I just pulled up the tape. I pulled up his Auburn uh, 2020 tape, and I pulled up his um, Georgia 2020 tape. Um, he he has some he has some talent. My main thing, what I really took away from watching both games. I mean, this is a small sample size, mind you. But what I took away from watching both games is like his footwork is all over the place. I I don't I I didn't see any type of consistency into in his footwork than his mechanics. And a byproduct of that would be his lack of accuracy. I saw some, uh, he's a little slow making his decisions uh, a lot. Uh, and that, that throwing motion, he got a really slow release. It looks, it almost looks like he's trying to aim the ball right before he lets it go. He's a big kid though. Six foot six, 228 pounds. He has a little bit of mobility, not a whole lot. It's not really going to be a strength to his game, I don't believe. Um, but he does, uh, he does have a strong arm, but at certain times, it's not a whole lot of velocity on the ball on his balls, but it's 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 weird because you see a rep where he'll drop back, his feet will be right under him, he'll follow through with his throw, and you see a ton of velocity and it get and, and and accuracy, but it's not, but it's it's like once in a blue moon, it's not consistency, and I want to see him first and foremost have consistent mechanics. That's what I want to see with these uh these NFL coaching staff can do with him at the senior bowl because I want to see if they can get his any type of consistency to his mechanics and then from there then we can work on the decision making and the ball placement which all all of that needs work I mean he's he's a uh he's a prospect but he needs a ton of work at the next level I just from the small sample size I've seen maybe developmental backup type but uh he does he does have a, a decent a fairly decent arm and he has good size for the position now, did anybody watch him at Florida before he transferred to Arkansas? Yeah, I did. I watched him a little bit. What sort of development have you seen, if any, uh, since since that transfer? I think that's the issue. Um, I think with a lot of these quarterbacks, for the most part, that we see in the senior bowl, um, sometimes it's usually a transfer. Sometimes it, it's a, a fifth-year senior, six-year senior injury type situation, and that's what we have with Felipe Franks. He got hurt. And then, boom, Kyle Trask, the guy who we're probably going to be talking about the most uh, down in Mobile, um, he shows up. Um, like Eugene said, big body, you know, he has a big arm, but everything else is kind of all over the place. And I don't think Felipe Franks really progressed like people thought he would, you know, post-injury uh, when he still had three years left, two, three years left to play ball or two years left to play ball. And I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, real inconsistent. He's competitive and, you know, that's – kind of all out I can really say about him you know I, I think I like his I think I like the the gamesmanship with him um you know after you know then the Florida game threw his touchdown you know gave a little gesture um let him know and that game got out of hand but uh I don't think he'll be in the NFL in a few years honestly um you know big kid but I just don't see it with him I don't think he necessarily has a, a high ceiling yeah I I view him as a um kind of a Logan Thomas type of guy, you know, got the big frame, some athleticism, some mobility, 
Nice tight end. Yeah, nice tight end. Uh, I, I don't see. I really do not see him developing into a competent enough passer at the next level. And and you know, of course, you know, and I talk about it a lot on Twitter. Mobility, being able to create in the pocket, improvise, things of that nature is is very key now. It's coveted in the NFL. People, you know, you look at the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, uh, you know, Josh Allens, and, you know, all those different quarterbacks, even the Baker Mayfields of the world, the guys that can move and move the chains with their feet. Third and six, if you drop back too far, they can get out of the pocket and hurt you, right? But at the same time, you need to be able to attack with your arm, uh, accuracy is an issue. Ball placement is an issue. Uh, when I was studying Mike Woods, and I, uh, Mike Woods, the uh, which is their star receiver, and I put up you know a clip of him when I was watching his tape for Arkansas. That's who really who I wanted to watch because I, I I really like his game. There were there were reps where he won, and f- because Franks doesn't process well, he missed them, and it's just like ah, like that's a touchdown, you know. And in the NFL. We, we always hear as a, a game of inches, right? Game of yards, things of that nature. Those are plays you cannot – that's what you call leaving points on the field because you're so enamored with your ability to create with your legs that you miss throws and reads. Uh, Jalen Hurts right now was a hot topic for a couple of weeks with when he took over for the Eagles. You go and watch the All-22, he missed a lot of reads because he bailed from pockets and he ran. Lamar Jackson, same thing. Like it's it's good to have that ability, but if from a mental standpoint, if you cannot attack and beat defenses with your mind, with your eyes, with your arm, it's not really going to be effective for the long for the long haul. So, like I said, I view, personally view him as somebody you bring in, you put him in the weight program, and you transition him to safety. Remember, um, another guy, quarterback, Oklahoma, Blake Bell, big, big kid. Yeah, he, yeah, Bill he was a big kid, uh, you know, strong arm, all that good stuff. What did he become in the NFL? A tight end for the 49ers. And then he, you know, switched teams. So, yeah, if he doesn't make a position change, I don't see him having a long-term career in the NFL. Maybe the XFL, which I tweeted about earlier. Well, let's talk about another quarterback with mobility then. Uh, Texas is Sam Ellinger. So after – what, about six decades as Texas's starting quarterback. <laughs> um, he's finally in this draft class. Uh, Dame, what can you tell us about Ellinger? So, again, you know, he, Ellen, Ellinger is another guy. You know, he's 6'3", 230, you know, and strong, solid frame, nice build. He, to me, he, if you're going to bring him in as a quarterback, he's going to be a primary backup. He's a guy that you want holding the clipboard. Uh, he's going to give you those looks in on the scout team and practice when it comes down to, hey, we're playing Kyler Murray. Hey, we're playing Josh Allen. We're playing a physical uh, dual threat running uh, dual threat running quarterback that does the RPOs and the read options. You want to give your defense that look. Yes, he can do that for you. Maybe uh, he, he's a good athlete, so he possibly can kind of fit in if he can. If I don't know how well he, I'm not sure if he's you know catches the football well, similar to a Taysom Hill, but you know he's physical, runs the ball, runs hard when he has the ball. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a fullback or anything. That was Tim Tebow. I'm not going to go that far. I, I will say that you know he can. If you bring him in, you're going to bring him in with the idea that okay, we can get, we can become creative with him, uh, line, him in, line him up in the slot. We, you know, we see the Julian Edelman and Danny, Danny Amendola's and uh, uh, Jacoby Myers when with the Patriots, those uh, wide receiver pass plays and 
different things like that. You can get creative with him and use him in different ways. If, like I said, if he can catch, you put him as a move tight end, a H back, and you just use him however you see fit because he has a his skill set from an athletic standpoint can be pretty flexible. Uh, like I said, as a quarterback, it just depends. Like he, as a passer, he's not. I think he's better than Felipe Franks that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all about consistency and competency. At the end of the day, can you consistently become or play as a, a competent level at quarterback? Can you put the ball where it needs to go? He has a good arm. He is not great. He has a good arm. So can he make all the NFL throws? Can he? Is he accurate enough to throw into these tight windows? Because we all know the college game is so spread out. It's so much space. These windows are so huge. Then you get into an NFL practice and it's like, wait a second. Like, I had a, like I had, my guys in college had three yards in the cornerback. You're lucky to get a yard in the NFL. So you have to be able to put the ball where it needs to go, where your receiver can make a play. I don't know if he can do that. But again, if he can come into camp and he's determined to be an NFL player, I mean, I get it. Like, Tim Tebow had no mind when it came down to changing positions, right? He said, I'm a quarterback. Lamar Jackson said the same thing. Lamar Jackson was correct. Tim Tebow was not. Trace McSorley, last year, they asked him to play because uh, he played safety before. They asked him to, you know, play DB or um, do the DB drills at the combine. He said no because he believed he was a quarterback. That has yet to be seen. So if Sam Elliger comes in and says, hey, you know what? I'm I'm flexible. I'm open. I'm free. Whatever you guys want to do, I want to be a productive NFL player. Then you have somebody that you can kind of just mold into a do-it-all type of guy, a jack-of-all-trades, a Swiss Army knife type. So you don't see much of a future as an NFL quarterback, more as a do-it-all piece. Yes, sir. See, see, I think I like him more than Franks. I don't think he has as much to work on as Franks, but neither one of them are you know starters in my eyes. I think Ellinger's going to could possibly be a guy that's going to be a career backup. I think his arm is good enough. He's a good enough athlete. He's a he's a good enough leader. I think that's why people are so um, so fascinated with Sam Ellinger. Um, you look at Texas, the brand. You look at how competitive he is. You look at his his play style. Those things are are things football people people love. And I think. Um, I think when you combine all of that with things like the like Nagy tweeting out the first thing that first player to hit him up about um, the teams being down at the um, Senior Bowl, it was Ellinger. I think uh, those type of things they all they all come together, and I think that's how you get those guys. You want to man, like how's he still in the NFL thirteen years later, fourteen years later? But also during the Senior Bowl week, I think Ellinger has a lot on the, the line. I think he can help himself. Um, he's played with some some decent receivers down in Texas, and I think this week he can, you know, like boost his draft stock. I think he'll be selected, you know, somewhere mid, you know, late maybe um, as a developmental project. But um, I think, you know, a lot of attention is going to be on Ellinger uh, Senior Bowl weekend. You know, I'm excited to watch him uh, just because I know how athletic he is. And, you know, it's Texas. I mean, the brand, you know, uh, we all thought Texas was back when they won that bowl game, and they weren't. But um, hopefully he can do, do some justice down here at the senior bowl. And what are the key things that you guys are looking for out of specifically the quarterbacks during senior bowl practice week, during the games, that can help set them apart? Because everybody here has something to prove and not a ton of time to prove it. Specifically for quarterbacks, I'm looking for good fundamentals, You know, like Eugene spoke on earlier and Damian last week. 
uh, I want to see good footwork. I want to see a clean delivery. I want to see decisiveness more than anything. I don't want to see you back there in the pocket, you know, being indecisive where you're going with the ball. I don't want to see you double clutching and pumping the ball and throwing picks. Like, I want you to be efficient and clean. You know, um, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones were the embodiment of that this year. And they and they took the nation over. And just the stats showed it as well. They had a ton of talent, but they got the ball out. You know, they hit their open guys. Don't hesitate. I want to see a clean clean quarterback play from from Ellinger, from Franks, you know, because they have the tools. We could talk about the tools all day, whether it be size, whether it be athleticism, whether it be arm, arm strength, arm talent, you know. But, you know, that that's pretty much what I want to see out of them. And I want to see leadership. Uh, you know, you hear it all the time, but I want to see it, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with – I about to say, I agree with Hag on that. It's just pretty much echoing it. Just be clean. I, like I said, I don't want to see – Quarter, these quarterbacks drop back, in, especially in the game. Uh, Eugene can speak to it. Last year at the Senior Bowl was Jalen Hurts. He was under pressure a lot early on when he in his reps, and you know he was kind of he wasn't he was sticking to one read. He wasn't going through the reads, and finally he got comfortable where he could you know make some throws, make some plays, and you know kind of finish impressively. I wanted to see these guys come in and really put it all on the line. Take this as a job interview, where it's like, hey. This is my last impression from a on-field, in-game type of scenario where this is tape that they'll go back and watch, that scouts will watch, that GMs will see. How did I perform? You know, business. I want them to come with a business mindset. Like I said, be clean, be accurate, be efficient. Use your legs, you know. Like, you use your, to- your full tool belt, all the tools that you have. Put them on the line. Show- showcase them at the Senior Bowl. You drop back, your first two reads aren't open, and you don't feel like the offensive line is giving you time, take off. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Take off, make those plays because teams look for that. Like, okay, he's not going to be a statue in the pocket. He's not going to just stand there and hold the ball forever hoping someone gets open. He'll make a play. Kyle Trask, we talked about him before. You know, just come out and show what you were able to, to do throughout the regular season before your weapons uh, didn't you know? Didn't uh, opted out basically. So for me, it's just clean, cut, precise, accurate, all of that consistency, and just be be who you are, be the player you are, and show these scouts exactly who you are. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, uh, more so leadership than anything, because one one thing when you get a bunch of the guys together i mean the leader's going to lead it's going to happen naturally you're going to see somebody's going to come to the forefront in that in that room one thing jim Nagy said he said uh uh sam ellinger was the first one to call him to figure out uh who's go- who's what coaching staff is is he going to be be working with cuz he's like so eager to get get to work um that's a that's a that's a leadership quality he's taking initiative but the thing about it is you have to have the play to match that leadership as well, or else guys are not going to gravitate towards you. Um, so I'm I'm looking to see who's going to take the lead in that room, and I'm looking to see who has the the actual play that's going to match uh, the leadership abilities. So I'm glad a couple of you brought up Trask. Um, he's obviously the biggest name quarterback that'll be down in Mobile, but is he the best? Who do you guys think? Not that you're most excited to see, but who you think the best quarterback down there? Well, I do have a note on Trask. Uh, why why you, you you brought it up? So during Senior Bowl week in, in Mobile, it's you know January, February, and one thing to note: it's always really cold and it's always really windy. And 
when, you know, they talk about these quarterbacks coming out of the draft or the teams that play up north or on the East Coast. Um, can you win games in December or, you know, later in the season? I think with Trask lacking arm strength, I, I think he may struggle. I know he may have an advantage with two of his guys, you know, uh, with Grimes and Tony down there as far as a, um, a chemistry standpoint. But um, I think Trask may personally struggle down in Mobile. I think we'll, we may see a couple more balls float than normal. Um, and that's just one thing that, that just crossed my mind um, as we we're talking about, as you brought up Trask being the possibly the best quarterback down there. I'm I'm torn between Jamie Newman, who we discussed last week, and Kellen Mond. Kellen, I, I was on the Kellen Mond train for a while yeah, okay. uh, during during his collegiate career, but it was just like kind of. Remember how they used to say that that Elon Man just kind of had that um that just dumbfounded look sometimes, or he just looked like he wasn't there. Like sometimes I see that with Kellen Mond, where it's like he lacks, like not saying he's not passionate about the game, he doesn't love the game. But I don't. I didn't. I didn't see that competitiveness in his in his actions a lot of times. He played well this year, but for me, I just feel like he's a he's a legit dual threat. He has a good arm. He can run. He can make a lot of throws. But it's more so just his decision making is a little a little iffy for me. Um, I want to see. I want to see him just play cleaner, uh, indecisive. Uh, he's kind of indecisive in the pocket when it comes down to you know his reads and a lot of guys, like a lot of guys. With, with the quarterback position, one thing I look for is do you trust what you see, right? So do you you see the guy, you see you see the matchup one-on-one with your receiver and the DB. Do you see and do you do you see it and do you trust yourself to make the throw? Do you believe that you can accurately put this pass where your receiver can only get it? Or do you believe that, you know what, that window's too small, I'm going to hold the ball and then, okay, now you're sacked or, you know, you use your leg. So – it's tough for me, but I i mean, I love Jamie Newman's skill set, his potential at the next level. I think Jamie Newman is the best quarterback from a skill standpoint in Mobile. Yeah, I was going to say Jamie Newman. Um, I mean, the most, I guess you, you can say the most accomplished uh, quarterback is Kyle Trask there. But as far as the, the outward athleticism, uh, the thing that's going to catch the eye, he's on the lower end of the totem pole. And so guys like Helen Mond and Jamie Newman – uh, with those coaching staffs, they're going to stand out, I think, a little bit more just because of their physical gifts. And I was, I was going to, I thought about Kellen Mond. I was leaning to more towards uh, Jamie Newman. I mean, this is this is it for him. This is this is his season because he didn't have one. So this is this is how he's going to try to make his money. So I think he's going to come in there ready to put on a show. And I think the just the athleticism aspect of it will. Uh, people will gravitate towards uh, Newman or mine over uh, Trask as being the best one there. So how much do y'all do y'all think that um, Jamie Newman not playing is going to affect him down in Mobile as far? I mean, we know he's working out and he's throwing with guys, but it's a whole different game when you're down there with, you know, all these scouts, with all these other players, with these other quarterbacks, you're competing in a group. How do y'all think that's going to affect him down in Mobile? It just, for me, you know, not, not really knowing him, you know, personally, from a mental aspect, it just depends on, okay, if this guy's an ultimate competitor, he comes out there and he puts on a show in a way. Like, you come out there, you know, okay, I haven't played all year. These scouts are looking. This is my biggest interview right now. This is my season, like Eugene said. So, for me, I think for him, if, if him not playing, and you talked about it last week, Hag, he goes out there in the first couple practices and he's, l- like, lighting it up. It's kind of be It's going to be a, a moot point, you know, just – 
okay, yeah, he didn't play, but he's out here amongst his peers from all mm-hmm. different colleges, other seniors, and 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 you know, other talented guys, and he's playing better than anyone. I think, and if he does that, it's the question, like you said, the questions about oh, you know, he didn't play, how you know, how's that going to affect him? I think it, it'll kind of go out the window. Uh, teams will forget about it. Cause remember, it's a "what have you done for me lately" type of game, and if he, he just has to go out there and perform, I think the one thing to, to keep the key on is because, like you say, yeah, he's throwing with guys, but he's not being rushed. You know, he 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 doesn't have to worry about being hit when he's in throwing sessions. How you know, yeah, the pressure's not on. So since he hasn't played all year, how does he react in the first couple, uh, you know, full eleven on eleven reps, where it's like, okay. It's go time. Like this, like I legitimately am going against a defense now. It's not just throwing against air. I'm throwing against coverages and tight, tighter windows. So how, just seeing how he adjusts when he does make those mistakes, um, I think it could be a, ben- a benefit for him. But he just he has to come out and legitimately perform. Yeah, I would say um, I say it'll be twofold. Um, during practice, he may have an easier adjust. I think I, I expect it to be a, a small amount of rust, just for the simple fact that. Um, he hasn't been in that setting in a while, but I do believe like he'll get through practices like the muscle memory is going to kick in and he's going to be fine in practice in the actual game. When you're in actual game speed, I think that'll be a little bit of a, an adjustment for him since because it's been so long since he's been in an actual game. I think that'll be more of an adjustment. But during practices, I think he'll be I think he'll be fine. He'll he'll get his timing down in a, in a reasonable fashion. But I did, I just think it just is more so with the with the live pass rush coming at him. I think that'll be that'll be another stage to his uh to his reacclimation into the game. Got to be able to react quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we touched on every other quarterback in this uh, in this group, so we might as well round it out with Ian Book, um, another longtime starter, kind of like Mond, kind of like Ellinger. What do you guys see out of the Notre Dame quarterback? Because I think it's telling that he hasn't come up yet. Whew. Ian Book, I he ain't it. No, um, I'm I'm sorry, I can't really say too many good things because when when I look at his skill set, like he's he's very backyardish, playground style. He he has a solid arm, um, kind of a looks like almost a three quarter throwing motion at times. You know, different you know different little arm angle. I don't think he sees the field well. And I, you know, especially watching him against Clemson, and then watching him against Alabama, where it was just like, this is the Ian Book I believed I would see in these games. I didn't. It's wild because I didn't believe he was going to play well, and he didn't in either game. And you know, the way that Notre Dame's defense played against Clemson's offense, Trevor Lawrence didn't light it up early on. They were in that game. The reason why they couldn't win is because Ian Book could not take them over the hump. You know, he couldn't put the ball where it needed to go. He wasn't accurate. He wasn't decisive. He didn't see the, the reads well. If anything, he could be a backup, but I, I really believe he's going to be a, like a free agent, uh, undrafted free agent quarterback. So part of me thinks he's honestly an ideal senior bowl quarterback. Um, I mean, obviously he's experienced, but there was a willingness to not only take a hit, but deliver a hit and a competitive spirit there and a leadership quality that I think at the very least is going to push every other quarterback down there. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think I think when you look at the way um Book and Ellinger play, I mean they're both super competitive and they have that backyard feel, you know, uh, 
good college quarterback. He's been there forever. He's got records, numbers, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you know it doesn't necessarily translate to being a good NFL quarterback. And times are changing now. Like mobility does help you. It does boost your stock. I think we, we kind of know what Book is. Uh, and like you said, it's perfect for the senior bowl. And if he goes in there and balls out, who knows what may happen. You know, it looks pretty black and white with Book. Well, look, we talked about a couple of transitions at the quarterback position with guys transferring. Let's talk about another transition, this time at running back, uh, Kylan Hill. So he came into the year with a little bit of a claim, um, a new coach in Mike Leach. Uh, this season did not go as expected for him. Um, Hag, do you want to kick us off and tell us kind of what's going on with Hill? What is it like on the field and uh, maybe a, a little overview of what the season was? So Kylan Hill is a guy that I think a lot of people coming into the season prior to the Leach hiring were excited about. I believe he led the SEC in rushing the season before, you know, 10 plus touchdowns, 5'11", 5'10", 5'11", 215, you know, prototype type build. Uh, he's a punishing back with a a dash of finesse to him you know he can make you miss if he wants to but he's 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 a hard runner um more javante williams stylish type he's gonna make you feel it um he's not a great you know he doesn't have great speed but it's good it's adequate um you know i feel like those 10 15 yard runs are his specialty and he also showed you know versatility out of the backfield um he's got a couple highlight catches uh, when you when you cut off film every now and then, you'll see one. Uh, so he, he's a good athlete, has good body control. Um, and I think a lot of people coming to the season were excited about him. He's a fringe, you know, 6'7", running back to me. But um, I think this year hurt him simply due to Leach's offense. You know, he came out first game against LSU and caught, what, 160, I believe, uh, career high. And he's been a good receiving back, but he's not that. And, you know, he opted out. He decided to opt out. I think like a lot of players, I think um, culturally they were trying to identify what they wanted down to Mississippi State. And I think he believed in his best interest. It was in his best interest to opt out and possibly save, you know, some good sock that he had left. And I think he's going to have a great week down here. Honestly, I think when you look at some of these other backs, um, I think, you know, some of them have similar styles, but I think he has the best style um, of the ones down there, aside from Michael Carter, um, at least. Um, but I'm excited to watch Hill. You know, he's a, he's a solid all-around running back, and I think he's going to contribute very early in the NFL. Oh yeah. When they say uh, when they say runs angry, that's that's what Kylan Hill. Is. <laughs> oh yeah. He yeah, like he looks to deliver a blow. He finishes his runs. Like I love the the, the physicality that he runs with. He like you could you could tell it's going to be it's going to be in the fourth quarter of a game, and guys are not going to want to tackle him mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, when I when I I did a thread a film thread when I watched him over the summer back in June, and he impressed me a lot. Um, he for a guy that is, you know, he what five eleven two fifteen two twenty like like Hags had very solid build, uh, type of build that you want pro, kind of prototype build for a running back. He's elusive though. Like I, I loved his feet. He he was you know he did a lot of jump cuts, uh, eluded defenders. He he fin- he finishes. He's like like Eugene said. He's an angry runner. Uh, soft hands in, in 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 past game, he sets up his he sets up his defenders well. Uh, you know, kind of bend. He knows how to bend and cut back on runs. The one thing I that I want to see better from him is vision at the line of scrimmage. I saw too many reps where he kind of ran into the back of his offensive line. I want to see him, you know, get better with that. See the whole anticipate. Anticipation is an underrated trait that's not really talked about with running backs. 
it's you know as you know we hear anticipation with quarterbacks and you know different positions but the running back position you know when i played it was something that was big for me being able to anticipate and, and see it before it kind of before it happens right you know you're what you're reading the you know when you're back there in shotgun or dot in the eye or in single back whatever uh, or in pistol, you're reading the defense pre-snap just like the quarterback. You're seeing all the moving parts, all the moving levers, all the 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 eye candy that they're showing you, and you're just looking for someone that may be like setting themselves up to get out of out of phase, out of line, or out of containment. And lane integrity is so big, especially in the NFL. So you know that's something that I I want to see him do better at. But like Hag said, you know, that 10 to 15, maybe 20-yard range, he's probably one of the better backs in college. And I think he has that dual threat type of skill set that could flourish once he gets into the NFL. Mike Leach's offense was definitely not a good fit for him. Yeah, it could have, you know, as a receiver, they could have fed him the ball and he could have stacked up and racked up numbers in terms of catching. But showcasing his ability to run the ball, Mike Leach's offense is not it. That was, I mean... His offense altogether wasn't it. And we saw that after the first game, you know, KJ Costello looked like, you know, Peyton Manning. And then then he looked like Tim Tebow. So it was just like, what happened? And LSU refused to get out of man. Yeah. So they refused just like, to get out of man. Like they were asking for it. Yeah, they, they really were, though. Like they, they were kind of stubborn and, and kind of hard-headed when it came down to the, the, the ego showed up. Like, I'm not changing what I'm what we do. And uh, But like I said, at the end of the day, I really, I really do like Kylan Hill. And, you know, he's he's not – I got to finish my RB rankings. He's tw- somewhere towards the back of the top ten, of course. But I think he could be a pretty solid pro uh, with the right offensive coordinator. So let's talk about another guy who's a dual threat, um, Demetric Felton. Last year he put up, what, almost 60 catches for 600 yards at the running back position. This year less so. Um, Dame, do you want to give us kind of the overview of Felton? So he's a very he's uber versatile. Like he he plays in the slot. He you know he lines up in the backfield. He is he is a very talented back talented prospect. I don't know if you're gonna play him directly at running back. He's functional in the run game. He he has a he good contact balance for a guy his size. But he's gonna be a weapon that you definitely look for look forward to using as a, a mismatch creator in the screen game. Texas routes in the flats, um, you know, kind of like that that outlet for the quarterback. Uh, he's competitive in in the pass pro game, but like I said, for me, I look at him. He's a guy that you just want to get the ball in space. He's dynamic in space. He can. He's elusive as well. An elusive athlete. Good feet. Makes guys miss. And like I said, that contact balance is is very uh, very intriguing to me because he's not like I said, he's not the biggest back. But he takes on punishment pretty well, where he bounces off and he keeps on going. He's a competitive runner, and he looks to finish. He wants to get, but the thing about it, he likes to bounce runs outside. He wants to get in space, and because like he is dynamic in that realm, but sometimes that kind of can be a hindrance in the NFL. You get, they play contained. You have to be disciplined as a runner. You can't just bounce everything to the perimeter because you're going to lose yards. What, what's the best play, guys? Going north and south, right? That's what you need to do. So you you keep bouncing north, north, uh, east and west, and defenses are going to start shutting you down. You're going, it's going to be two, three yard losses, and then that's when you know office coordinator is like, okay, well, we're not going to run the ball with you as much. 
but we can use you in the passing game. So, like I said, you could line him up in the slot. You want to get him matched up against, against some linebackers and, and allow him to kind of work. He runs good routes out of the backfield. So he's an intriguing prospect to me just from the aspect of going into Mobile. I want to see his his skill set fully used. I want those coaching staffs, whichever team he's on, I want to see them use him to his full capacity. Use him out, you know, motion him out wide. Because let, let, that's what we see now in the NFL. We see running, you know, you go to a three-by-one uh, three set in the NFL. Nowadays, you got three receivers to the right, and you see running backs motioning out as the, as the, as the X. So you want to get him up against us, a safety or a linebacker, and see if he can win that matchup. You know, a la Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, James White, those type of guys. But I really, I'm intrigued by him because he's one of those running back wide receiver hybrids. If we remember correctly, I think Tyreek Hill, when he was in college, was a running back. And, you know, he converted into into the receiver and he put a lot of work into it. So I, I, I'm not saying he's, he's, he's a, uh, Tyreek Hill, but similar versatility. Nope, you heard it here first. Uh, Demetri Felton is Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, hot take. Uh, please Damian Parsons, please do not come to me on Twitter with that. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that guy. I like Phil. I like Phil. Um, when I cut on the film, you know, I don't. I don't get a. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of um, UCLA play live. I'm, you know, a, a SEC guy for the most part. Um, but when I went back and watched the film on him. I liked him. I didn't love him, but I liked him. And I could see his value um, with his versatility, um, with his play style. You know, um, I think like what you just said, Damien, he embodies what what these backs are today. When you look at the Kamaras, when you look at the McCaffreys, which is also why Michael Carter and um, and uh, Kenneth Gain will have so much value at the top of this class. Um, and I think that he could surprise us and possibly be – you know how Aaron Jones snuck up on us. Uh, I think with the right offense and I think with the right um, offense coordinator and quarterback, he can be a weapon. Um, I, I don't expect a ton out of him early on in his career, but I think he'll have a good week um, down in Mobile. And I think he'll be a fun guy to watch match up with some of these backers because he is going to be so comfortable catching the ball. Yeah, he. Um, I like him too. Uh, I like, the, I like the, the breakaway speed and explosiveness that he has. Uh, he came into UCLA. I think he spent like one season as as a receiver, and then he's transitioned mm-hmm. over to uh, running back. And you can see it. You can see like him, him running his routes out of the slot. I know. Uh, yeah. Back, yeah, back in um, 2019, he did a um, what was it? It was a simple slant, simple slant route. Caught the cut the ball away from his body, caught it with his hands, and he was off to the races. It was, I mean, he was just going. Nobody could catch him. Um, you, he's like buck eighty, buck ninety. Uh, so you you wonder about the uh, the weight and the and the play strength a little bit because so you're not really going to really uh, you know I formation third and one you're not really going to go to him but he, what you want to do with him he I don't even I wouldn't even put a a position designation on him he's just an offensive weapon um, you go you're going to put him you know depending on down and distance and depending on personnel you're going to put him wherever you can down to where the best uh, matchup is. Um, at the Senior Bowl, I think he should do everything. Like I want to see him lined up against DBs in the one-on-one drills. I want to see him doing the running back drills. It probably would be in his best interest to do everything he possibly can at every skill position drill, just to show to showcase his versatility. Because that's going to be the name of his game at the next level would be versatility. Because I don't think you can really pin pigeonhole him at in one singular position. So I, I think his best bet would be to show his versatility and then show his uh, explosiveness in space. Did y'all question his speed? I like the way he moved 
Um, but I didn't see like burner for a running back his size. I feel like he needs to run really well. Yeah. And I feel like he almost he almost plays burly ish, even though he bounces a lot and and he catches the ball well. If you just had to ask me, like, how do how much do I think he weighs by the way he plays, which is a weird analogy, mm. I would say like two ten, two fifteen, mm. because he he kind of buries himself some and then pops. I just didn't see burner on him, and I want to see you know legit long speed with a guy that size. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't see um, I didn't see burner with him as well. That was something that kind of hit me. I was watching this tape, and I was like, man, like. He doesn't have that long speed, right? Like he's gonna he, he can he can get big gains for you. He can churn those out and he can get downfield. But like for a guy his size, it's just weird to see a guy his size and his build not have that. You know, you was when you look at him, you assume, oh, man, he's got to be a four four or four three guy. I want to see him go. I want to see him go. Yeah, I, I want to see that. You know, I just want to see him explode. I didn't see that. Like you said, he kind of runs a little bigger than his frame. You know, in the in a weird way. One thing this coach told me years ago, he said, if he's under 200 pounds, he better run 4-4 four, four or lower. And that's the thing. That's the thing with uh, with him. He's under 200 pounds. So I, I get it. He could, he could, he should, with his weight, he should be, he should look a little bit faster for his weight. Kind of, kind of like Tylen Wallace, actually. He should, he, you look at his weight, like maybe he should be faster, but I think he does have some explosiveness to him, but it's not, it's not that, uh, that 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 speed that's gonna that's gonna put real real fear into you. Well, Eugene, let's stick with you and let's come back to the SEC and talk Larry Roundtree, uh, the Missouri running back. What can you tell us about him? Five ten, two ten. Um, he had he had a big year his sophomore year, ran for twelve hundred yards. Um, been less than a thousand uh, yards since, but he's just the one thing I wrote down when I when I watched him, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. He is he's solid at almost everything. Um, the real what really uh, stands out. He's got quick feet. He's tough, and he has decent vision. That alone should get him a serious look by NFL scouts and by an NFL team. Um, it's nothing that really no breakaway speed. He has decent speed. He can run. Uh, he has he has busted some long runs. Uh, it's nothing that's that's really gonna you know he's gonna take it to the house. Nothing like that, but he just does everything pretty well. He's decent in the in pass protection. Decent, uh, he can catch a swing pass out of the backfield. He has decent hands. Everything is just like okay. He's okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. Good contact balance too, as well. Everything looks good on him. It, it, he's uh at the next level. I would say he's a rotational uh, back. He's never going to be your top of the rotation type of guy, but he's your backup. Somebody that can uh, uh give the starter a. a a breather. Um, he just, but he's a solid, solid player. And I think, uh, I think scouts are really going to like him probably a day three type of guy, but he's the, he's the type of guy that, that sticks on the NFL roster. He may not be a star. You're not going to see him at any pro bowls, not going to run for big yards or anything like that, but he can be a solid piece to an offense. So, I mean, I like, I like what he, what I saw from, uh, Larry Roundtree, um, just, Pretty much just he's just a good a good running back to have. You're looking for a backup running back, you're looking for a solid player, that's Larry Roundtree. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it with him. Like I I, I like running backs like him. Um I just didn't see anything that made me go, that's an NFL running back. I think there's some some other guys um that I that I like a whole lot more. And down in Mobile, I think even um my guy out of Oklahoma, I think he's probably gonna outshine him. I think when you look at the the group down in Mobile, 
I think he could end up towards the back um, as far as play style and how it's going to translate in a week like that. Because, um, like, like you said, he doesn't do he doesn't do one thing great. He kind of does everything eh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know. I think in an all star setting, I don't think that bodes well for anybody. I think you need to have that trait. I think you need to have something that's going to make you stick out to scouts. Um, and and that's my thing with Roundtree. Um, I don't I don't really see it. But uh, I think he, he was a productive college player, and he, he he's a solid running back. Yeah, he, he he's a solid back. Like you said, with him, he doesn't have that trump card, that card that, you know, he just walks in and, like, listen, like he doesn't have the elite speed, the elite versatility. Um, he does, He's not a guy that can make you miss and create his own yardage when things aren't blocked uh, specifically, you know, well or perfect. He, to me, he'll be a, you know, change of pace type of guy, Goal line type of back. He's good in pass pro, phys- uh, physical, uh, willing blocker and pass protection. Uh, strong frame. He he's a he's a, a fall forward type of back where he's you know he runs behind his pads. He plays with good leverage when it comes down to attacking um, oncoming defenders. But again, like he has modest burst in you know in open field. He's not really springy and, and, and explosive. So like you said, he's probably going to end up becoming one of those later guys, you know, back of the, you know, back of the class when it comes down to this uh, senior bowl running back group and just in the draft in general, I, I don't see him coming off the board until day three, you know, and, and like I said, he just doesn't have, he's patient. He lets plays develop. You know, that's something I do covet with running backs being patient, let allowing your blockers to do their job to spring you into open field and find you an alley. Right. That's cool. And that, you know, he, he's good with that. But again, if it's not blocked well, can he still be successful? I don't think so. Well, Hag, you've uh, you've brought up Michael Carter a couple of times, so you must be just jumping at trying to talk about him. Uh, let's let you talk about him. What can you tell us about North Carolina's slasher? I think Michael Carter is by far the the top running back prospect down in Mobile. When you look at it um, across the board, he's pretty much a consensus top five back. Um, when you when you talk in draft circles, he's the he's the the quicker of the of the dynamic duo out of North Carolina with uh, Javante Williams, but uh, Michael Carter is a pinball. You know, he's patient and he explodes his second level. Um, I like a lot about his game. Um, he has a solid build, five ten, right at two hundred, and maybe right under, right over, but um, has a solid frame and and he's he's good. He, he's just a solid running back when you, he's patient. Um, he does a good job of, of not letting defenders get clean shots on him, and I, and I like that for a smaller back um, because it, he buys time. He, he cuts back really well. Um, he has a decent jump cut. I don't necessarily love the fact that he doesn't plant off his outside foot well. He kind of moves as opposed to to cut uh, to cutting. But he's I think he's the best running back down in Mobile, and I think he's probably going to dominate all week. I think he, he's going to be the guy, or he should be the guy, um, out of this group that we're talking about, um, him and Kylan Hill, I think they're going to go at it for top running back uh, when the senior bowl is all over. But Michael Carter, he's going to—he's fun. Um, He's—he's he's actually led North Carolina in rushing the last two years, and then, you know Javante Williams is getting all the hype uh, this draft cycle as he surged to the, the top of the running back rankings uh, with Harris and Etienne. But Michael Carter is a dude, um, and and I can't wait to watch him. Yeah, I, I love Michael Carter. And I believe it was Eugene actually introduced me to Michael Carter a while back. 
And, you know, I, I love his game. He is a, you know, he has terrific vision, burst, elusiveness. He's a, he's a decisive uh, runner as well. He, he sees it and he hits it, uh, which allows him to be as productive as you want. One thing I love about him, though, is his versatility in the passing game. He can legitimately be featured in that role. Kind of gives me, I think, I believe I tweeted out that he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Devonta Freeman when he first came out. Uh, I think Devonta may be a little bigger. Like, he gave me some of those vibes. Devonta Williams kind of gave me those vibes more so, but I could see some Devonta Freeman in his game. But, like I said, for, for me, he's going to be a back that you pair with another back, and he's just so dynamic, so explosive. When you look at the difference between him and Javante, like when he got an open field, like he separated. Like we talked about with uh, Demetri Felton, like I saw that that getaway speed, right? The getaway from the cop speed at times with with Michael Carter, where he just he took it to the house, right? He took it to the house. Uh, one thing I do like like about him as well, he has really good contact balance. Like for he's for a guy that's he's five ten, two hundred pounds, I believe. He has good contact balance. He takes on punishment, and he keeps going. He bounces off on, uh, on incoming um, defenders. I really like his game, and I think he's going to – to me, he's he's already in my top five running backs, him and Javonta Williams, kind of to give you like a little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the top five, but uh, those two right now are currently in my top five. Yeah, I, I first came across him, what, during the summer, and um... – it was just some regular highlights, but I'm looking. I'm like, who is this guy? And I, I did my did my digging on him. Then I started getting into the film on him. Um, not only does he have the you know the the speed, the quickness, the explosiveness, and uh, along with decent vision, he's got some. He, he runs with some determination. He's got some contact belts. He's got some strength to him. Like I actually saw him dragging somebody. Uh, I forget what game it was, but like he put his head down and he got like an extra five yards and dragging the dragging the defender along. I'm like. This guy's I like this guy. Yeah, he's tough. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think um he's the type of running back that the NFL is trending towards. I think he's tailor made for today's NFL. I mean, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get him they're gonna get him touches. I, I don't I don't I don't say that he's he's gonna get a whole whole bunch of carries, but he's gonna touch the ball a lot. They're gonna get him out in the screens, they're gonna get him out uh, you know, with the with the swing passes, and they're gonna hand him the ball as well. But he he's a guy. He's he's gonna he's he's an all-purpose yards type of guy. He you just get the ball into his hands and he's gonna make plays for you. One thing that stuck out to me with Carter was his IQ. Um, whether it's in pass pro, he showed a great ability to pick up the right guy at the right time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's as a runner, you know, he he was pretty solid at setting up blocker leverage and stringing together moves. So I think it's really interesting to pair that sort of football IQ with the things he can do physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I love his footwork. Like he does not. They don't. They do not stop. And I was watching a rep actually where he jump cut three times before finding a hole on the on the perimeter because it was an inside zone run. It was all. It was blocked. It was the the defensive line clogged every hole in the interior. He jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, and then got upfield. I love that anticipation sees it and his feet and eyes were tied together i say it all the time i i really like this kid's skill set i think he's gonna be a really good pro i think i think that's why he's getting so much love late in this draft um cycle he's been there for four years i think at one point he was their highest rated recruit if not he was near the top of their class when he signed but uh i think my car is gonna be a great pro running back well, let's round out this uh, this running back group with just a lightning round on the remaining guys. Start with the the Oklahoma guy, Ramondre Stevenson. 
Um, real quick, who can give us a, a quick overview of who he is? He's a bulldozer. It's, it's that simple. Like he, He's looking to punish you. Mm-hmm. Like He's trying to punish you. Um, when, you, when you see him run, you know, he doesn't have the prettiest build. Uh, when you see him, I think you can actually see a little bit on him. Like you said, bulldozer. He runs hard. He shows, you know, good athleticism in open space, but he is what he is. He's going downhill, and I want you to try to stop him. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to break tackles. He's going to put his shoulder in your chest. And he's going to try to run over you. He's, I mean, he's a power guy. That's what he is. He's a hammer. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Gus Edwards for the Ravens downhill north and south runner looking to create contact he doesn't shy away from it he's going to give you everything he has well let's go to uh the team we all thought was going to come out of the Sun Belt when the season started in uh the the Cajuns down in Louisiana Elijah Mitchell let's get a real quick uh, elevator pitch for Mitchell Elijah Mitchell is the guy that um you'll see you know people talking about if you if you if you dive into the running backs enough um he's been productive um down in Louisiana he has a good build uh, you know, similar to Kylan Hill. Uh, he looks to be a little bit thicker in his lower half. Um, he has good speed, and, and, and I really like Mitchell, and I was a little bit more excited about him uh, until I did a, a dive again into a couple games. Um, I think he's kind of a boom. Um, I don't know how to, how to really explain it. He'll, he'll hit you, he'll hit you, he'll hit you, and then it's like, boom, he's off to the races. Um, he'll rip off a 20, 25-yard run, whether that be the competition or him bouncing it outside. I think he's a solid running back, and I think he could possibly uh, have, a, have a big game or a big week down at the senior bowl. He's a versatile, kind of versatile guy. Uh, you saw him, and you know he you know did uh, some jet motions, different things of that nature. Like you said, he is a kind of a boom or bust type of, type of back, whereas you know those short yards, short yards, and then he hits you. For the long game, uh, you know, short area quickness is good. Uh, like his contact balance as well. I, I don't believe he was like, is he was in like a three headed like rushing attack a little bit with that offense? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think he could be a solid pro. Uh, he he runs behind his pads well and looks to finish runs, you know, and, and generate contact yards after contact, which is big. You know, being able to kind of get through those defenders, get through the initial. Uh, coverage of guys in those arm tackles and keep churning out yards. So uh, I think he could be a solid pro. Yeah, I like him. A solid player. I like I like the size, five eleven to eighteen, uh, and I like the. Uh, it's not it's you know not elite speed, but I like I like the way he can he can he can run. He can get away from people. He's a solid guy. Uh, I, I believe I don't think he's. Um, I think he'll still be in a rotation at the next level, but he 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 gets it. He gets the job done. He he gets it done. Is he's just he know it seems like he's a running back that knows exactly what he can and cannot do. Yeah, and he stay, he stays within the framework of of his specialties, and and that, I mean that that'll go a long way because he knows exactly who he is. But yeah, I think he's a solid player. And last one up then is Khalil Herbert, the uh, Kansas transfer to Virginia Tech, who really flourished this season in the new school. Um, who who can tell us about him? Kind of bowling ballish. Kind of bowling ballers type of back, 5'9", 212. He came on very strong at the beginning of the season. He was a hot name for for a while. He came, you know, came over from um, from Kansas, I believe. And he's a to me, he's a one cut runner. I'm not gonna say he's David Montgomery, uh, but he's a one cut runner. I, I want to see him, you know, in one of those uh, kind of zone schemes, letting him get up and um, you know press press the hole on the outside and then cut on up. He's kind of a I'm, I'm going to throw the name out again. 
take it with a little grain of salt. But he reminds me a little bit of Nick Chubb. You know, just one cut run of physical, good burst, gets upfield quickly. Uh, he has some elusiveness, some good feet, and, and, and a good athlete. He's not dynamic per se, but he is able to, you know, create uh, elusive situations where he can get out of uh, one-on-one opportunities with defenders. Uh, he, he he does a good job with his vision. He sees the holes as they develop a uh, patient runner as well. Uh, I really think he can be a, a, a steal possibly uh, in the later rounds of this draft. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of hype about him uh, early on. And so I, w- I was excited to turn on the tape. I wasn't wild, but I didn't see a lot. Admittedly, I didn't see a whole lot of him, um, but I wasn't wild by the, uh, the the physical ability. He does have good vision. He uh, he sets up his blocks very nicely. He sees the holes uh, before they open up. Uh, I think that's the best aspect of what he does is is that vision. Yeah, he, I don't think he's gonna you know break a, break a whole lot of long runs and or none of that. I don't think he's like Dame said. I don't think he's especially dynamic. But he is a he's a solid player. He has he has good vision. I, I, I believe it's a place for him in the league. I think I think the the early on hype was a little bit overblown, just probably just because he was he was a new name that nobody had heard about yet. But overall, I believe he's a he's a solid player. So let's jump to receiver and talk about another guy who had some early season hype, Tylen Wallace. Heg, why don't you kick us off with uh, with the Oklahoma State standout? Tylen Wallace for the. You know, if you would have asked two years ago, Tylen Wallace would have been a first-round pick. Um, he was extremely productive coming out of Oklahoma State um, as a sophomore, you know, up for all the awards and whatnot, 1,400 yards receiving, plus undersized, uh, about 5'10", 185. But he, he's a dog. He's got that dog in him. Um, he goes up and attacks the ball really well. He has some some of the better highlight catches you'll see in highlight. It has one of the better highlight tapes of any receiver in this class, but that's, that doesn't matter. When um, you look at the offense, is receiver friendly. We didn't get to see him do a ton. I believe he's a capable route runner, um, but for the most part, we didn't get to see that all that much. Um, my main issue with Tylen Wallace is, one, you know, prior to the knee injury back uh, in 2019, uh, he was he was on he was on pace to have another great season, and we wanted to see how he responded this year, and he responded well, but we still have questions about his speed. Um, you typically when you see a receiver, you know, consistently making contested catches on guys and consistently, you know, uh, having to make those tough grabs all the time, it's usually because you can't separate. And I think that's Tyler Wallace's biggest issue. He's not the fastest guy. For a guy his size, that doesn't bode well. Um, I, th- I think he's a good player. I think he's probably going to have a good week down here um, in Mobile. Uh, but those are some things, those are some knocks against him in another deep receiver class. You have to be able to separate. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. He's more of a vertical separator. Like you said, with those 50-50 balls that they throw him, that they threw to him uh, in Oklahoma State, he – like I would like to see him in Mobile. I want to see him work out of the slot um, early on in some rest. I want to see how you know how comfortable he is there with a two way go. Like you said, with the the limited and average play speed, and you know at, you know from a explosive standpoint, being able to threaten guys vertically on the outside, that that may not be the place for him. Um, I, I think that he will be. I think he could be better in the slot. Just like I said, giving him that two way go. Allowing him to manipulate defenders at the line of scrimmage and get into his routes 
where he may be he he may be more of a uh, in breaking out breaking uh, type of route runner. I think from his skills, I think he his his routes are kind of masked masked uh, in a way um, from that offense. I think when he gets into the NFL, I think he may develop to be a, a much better route runner. But the limited athleticism in terms of speed and explosiveness will come into question. I think he still will have a good a good week and, and play well, like Hag said, at the Senior Bowl. But for me, I, I personally want to see him in the slot more just so I can get a better feel on how comfortable he is there and can he truly be a threat from that uh, alignment. Yeah, I was I, with him, I'm looking for quickness. Um, like, yeah, the, like the thing about his speed, that's tr- like that's true. But I want to see, mate. Does he? Can he? Uh, can he be uh, fast laterally? Can he be fast in and out of his breaks? Is that where he can win and get his separation from? Because I mean, with Oklahoma State, they didn't. You know, they didn't run the the uh, biggest of route trees. And I think I believe it was them. They that they they really preach hard on that outside release, outside release, out, outside release all the time. So they're kind of limited in what they can do at the line of scrimmage. But I just want to see. Uh, you know, I want to see the I want to see the route tree. I want to see, okay, maybe you can't win vertically all the time. Can you win on on your dig routes, on your comeback routes? I I want to see him get in and out of his breaks. That's where I want to see him win at because that's I think will go a long way into uh, projecting uh, his future at the next level. So let's move on then and talk about someone I know Dame loves, um, Shy Smith. I know you're excited to talk about him. So tell us uh, tell us something about the Gamecock. So Shai Smith is, you know, he's five ten, about one eighty six. But he's a, he's got that like, you know, he's got that dog mentality. You you watch him, he plays bigger than his five ten frame. He has no problem uh, separating vertically, going up after the ball. He attacks the ball at the highest point. I was actually watching some tape on him, and it was against uh, Alabama. He ran a uh, kind of a skinny post out of the slot. It was double coverage. You had Battle, who was ejected from the uh, national championship game on Monday night. Battle and I uh, forgot the the cornerback's name, uh, the nickel corner. Um, I think it's Shaheem Carter last year, and he he splits both of this. He splits the the uh, two defenders, and the quarterback lets it go. He attacks the ball, jumps, and and, and takes it out of double coverage. But it's not just that pass uh which was you know kind of that stood out to me there are multiple plays where you see him his hand eye coordination maybe one maybe top in the in the in this class he can go at one hand control the pass bring it into his body to capture it um he has a good release package line of scrimmage he's going to be he projects to be a, a slot guy uh good you know good to solid straight line speed I don't expect him. You know, they use him in the screen game. He can. He's a guy that I think in the NFL you use him in those jet motions, those orbit motions. Uh, you know, just kind of create those matchups, get uh, move the defense out of position. One thing I like I said I, I do love about him is just his competitiveness. He's very competitive, and where he he will he will definitely block for you. That's not a problem. Even even with his smaller frame, right? He doesn't have any problem going across the middle. Usually you see smaller guys, they want to stay towards the outside. Going across the middle in 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 that kind of that doghouse with those linebackers and that, you know, rover and robber safeties coming down to lay that big hit. They, a lot of guys aren't built like that. He's built mentally and, and, and from a toughness aspect, he is extremely competitive. I love what he brings to the game. 
I just want to. I definitely want to see how they use him. Um, and in the one on ones, we all know one on ones are so pivotal at the Senior Bowl. Everybody's looking for those clips of guys in one on one sessions, especially with the wide receivers and DBs. I'm really excited to see him go up against these cornerbacks because I think he could be the guy with his release package. And um, you know, he, he's not the best route technician, but he's solid. So I want to see him in one-on-ones and, and, and just see how competitive uh, those reps will become. Yeah, if I had to make a bet for who's going to um, have the best highlight catch, I'd probably put him one and Tylen Wallace two. I agree there. <laughs> this, this kid at the catch point is something else. Like it's like nobody told him he was under six feet because he go up and get it. I'm, I, I haven't watched him. I, hasn't, I haven't broke down his tape yet. I've only seen like bits and pieces. But from what I've seen, he he got that dog in him, and I mean at that and at the receiver position, that's all. That's sometimes that's all you need. And I like the, I like the physicality that he plays with. Something uh, something about those South Carolina uh, Carolina receivers because uh, Brian Edwards last year had that same type of physicality. Um, it look, it looks like Shot Smith have, has it. You know, at at the next level. Oh, uh, I think you see. I think you see. I mean, you made a great point and. You know, it made me think about Debo, how physically, how physical mm. he is. When you see mm. Brian Edwards, when you see uh, Shy playing with high hands and being able to leave the ground, are two of the most valuable traits for it. receivers in general, but undersized receivers more than anything. Like we saw with Antonio Brown, he was not afraid to leave his feet and go up and get a football. And Shy has no problem yep. at all. And that's probably then that's the most exciting thing about watching him because, like you just said, nobody told him he was under six foot mm-hmm. because it don't matter if you're a six two corner, it don't matter if you're six three. He's gonna if it's two people, if it's three people, if if it's four people, like I guarantee you the kid was a, a good basketball player. But he's gonna go up and attack the football, and I can't wait to see that down in Mobile. Well, look these these Power Five guys they always get all the love. So Eugene, I want to come over to you to talk about uh, a smaller school player. I mean, one who, quite frankly, his frame matches the size of the school, um, and that's Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Dwayne Eskridge, like a little guy, five foot nine, one ninety. Um, but I like this kid. I mean, he's he's uh, he's an athlete. Um, he's he was a, uh, he's got a track background going back into high school. He was um, he's a two way player. He is ran a four three three laser time in 2018 from what what they did with him is they played they played him at corner and they played him at wide receiver so in 2019 he was coming into the season at, on the uh Bolitnikoff award winner watch list that's for the uh best wide receiver in the nation and of course he started that season at cornerback but the problem with that is he um he lost that season to a broken clavicle so he coming back he came comes back uh 2020 full-time at wide receiver so and I think that's where his home is. He is he kept, first of all he catches the ball with his hands. He doesn't have you know he's a little guy. He he doesn't have a huge catch radius, but the catch radius he does have he dominates. He catches the ball with his hands all the time. I, I rarely from what I've seen I rarely see him uh, make a body catch. He catches the ball just squarely in his hands and he and he secures it away instantly. When he makes the catch. The transition from receiver to running back is seamless. Like he gets instantly gets north and south. He's not a real big make you miss guy, juke guy, but he gets north and south and he turns on the afterburners. And he does have that second gear where he can just run away from people. Against uh, Akron, he turned a slant into an 85 yard catch and run. It was just a simple slant, 
but he gave the ball two step at the line and it was uh, and that was it uh the ball was a little bit out in front of him he reached out and got it caught the ball 85 yards later it's a touchdown um he does offer value as a kick returner as well and he does he has no problem going up the high point like like Hag, Hag you said uh, earlier going up with two hands and two feet he he did that uh it was on a back shoulder throw uh quarterback put the ball a little bit high but he went up and got it over the, over the quarterback's head uh this i mean this kid uh in his route running he's very he's very sudden and very deliberate you don't see it you don't see a ton of wasted motion in his in his game he he gives you a juke he usually he expects to win with that juke and then he's off to the races um he they they ran him on a lot of slot uh a lot of slant routes they used him uh out of the backfield just to get the ball in his hands he he did he does have vertical routes as well he got a uh he has some deep over he has some uh some comeback routes and of course they had him on the nine routes but this 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 guy is explosive he's explosive uh vertically and laterally he's uh he he has some strength to fight with guys at the at the line of scrimmage i don't think play strength is, will be his calling card mainly it's going to be his quickness and his footwork he but he looks like a very polished player he looks like a very uh, hard-nosed player um so i'm excited to see what he does in one-on-ones because i mean he really didn't play uh top level competition uh Western Michigan, they played Central Michigan, they played uh, Akron, Toledo. He didn't see a whole lot of top-notch corners. So I want to see what he does against these top-notch corners, and he didn't see a lot of natural length to him either. Uh, You know, these these top-level corners, they got length to them. They got long arms, long legs. So I want to see what he does against that. But he's had, I mean, his speed is real. His hands are real. He, He runs decent routes. So I want to see what he does at the next level. Well, look, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of receivers in this group, so I don't think we need to touch on all of them. But I do want to give everybody another opportunity to talk about somebody they like from this group. And Hag, I know you want to talk about Nico Collins, so let's start with you, the big receiver out of Michigan. Look, like I always, you know, I always say, you know, Bama just won that championship. The best football player to come from Birmingham, Alabama. I just want to let y'all know that. Uh, <laughs> but no, nah, no, nah, Nico Collins is a, is a kid that I've seen in high school um, as a five-star um, recruit. And, um, and he was a guy that we always, you know, heard would go to Michigan. And he went up there and he played well. The offense, the quarterbacks, they didn't necessarily do him nor Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, any favors. And I hate that because I feel like Nico Collins is going to have a – if I'm going to call a shot, I think Nico Collins could possibly have a T. Higgins type um, rookie year um, on the right team. He's big, 6'4", 220 plus. He's athletic. He moves really well. Um, you know, he he's a good route runner. I he's not a great route runner. I wouldn't put him in the same category as uh, Rashad Bateman uh, per se. Um, but I, I love his size. I love how he attacks the football. Um, he's a he's a great vertical threat. Um, I think you can throw the ball up to him. And he's going to make something happen. And uh, I'm really excited to see him down in Mobile. I think when you compare him to uh, Trayvon Grimes, I think he's a better athlete. Uh, you know, they're both bigger body receivers. I think he moves a little bit better. I think he's a lot more fluid um, in his routes and his body control. And I think people are going to see that down in Mobile. And, you know, if I had to pick a, a bigger body guy down in Mobile that I would bet on, I, I would bet on Nico Collins. He was a guy that opted out prior to the season. And I don't blame him. I don't think his stock necessarily took a hit. Now, if he would have went out there and played out of his mind, it could have helped him. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see Nico down in Mobile. And, Dame, let's jump to you. Who's one other guy that you uh, 
you think we can't get out of here without talking about? I, I want to shed some light on Austin Watkins. Um, from UAB, 6'3", Insane body control, uh, concentration, hand-eye coordination. He attacks the ball with a just a physical a physical demeanor at the at the catch point at the highest point. He for a guy that's six three over two hundred pounds because he's got a good solid strong build and frame. He ru- he runs very fluid routes, uh, very detailed as well. Uh, no good head fakes on double moves, a lot multiple breaks and shifts in his routes and and dropping of weight. I, you know, physical after the catch, it becomes like a, a tight end or a running back where he doesn't really want to br- let you bring him down with a, a solid week, a good week in Mobile. I think this kid can truly push himself up the board a, you know, a round or two because he's very talented. And at the end of the day, you look at guys, usually when you see guys 6'3", 6'4", 200 plus pounds, you usually don't think that they can separate at all. He runs enough, runs good enough routes where he can separate and create separation, not just vertically, uh, but with, like I said, with his route stems and, and the way he breaks off of those at the at the uh, break point. So I want to highlight him coming into the going into the uh, Senior Bowl, Austin Watkins. He's actually a cousin of Sammy Watkins. And uh, and Eugene, who's one of your personal favorites here? Um, Frank Darby, uh, mainly. Mainly for curiosity purposes, I don't think he was ever the guy at Arizona State. Um, he was always uh, he was behind Nikhil Harry, and he was uh, behind Brandon Ayuk. Um, this year, he was supposed to be you know his year, but injuries and COVID slowed him down. So you never got to really see him be a, a featured receiver. Um, I think some. I think the athletic ability is there, though. He popped up on uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list. He like he squats in a insane, insane amount and uh, supposedly runs under a four four at a at at over two hundred pounds, six foot one. So I want to see, you know, I want to see actually what he is. Is he just an athlete playing wide receiver, or does he have the true wide receiver skills? I mean, you go back to his twenty nineteen tape. You see, he can get down the field a little bit. He didn't run, you know, just like Brandon Ayuk didn't run a ton of uh, uh, different uh, routes. No, not not a whole lot of variety in his route. But he looks strong at the catch point. He looked like he can get to the second level. I mean, I just want to I, I see what he is. Uh, that's uh, pretty much just just, uh, just my curiosity about the player. I want to see what he can do. I want to see what he does against uh, physical press coverage. Um, I want to see, can you, can you play at this level? Can you dominate at this level? So pretty much I just want to know. I, I want to know about the player. One guy I want to make sure we touch on before we get out of here is Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville. I don't think he's gotten quite enough love during this whole season. He was Louisville's leading receiver on a team with Tutu Atwell and Mikhail Cunningham, who I have questions about at quarterback. But he's one of those long-limbed extension catchers uh, who really makes great plays on the ball and has some sneaky versatility to his release game. I mean, there's things he he needs to work on as well. He lacks a little bit of play strength and, and some other things here and there. But I don't. I haven't heard his name discussed much, and I kind of sneakily liked his film. So I wanted to see if you guys have had a chance to get eyes on him as well. He's not a guy I've, I've dove into yet, um, just because it's such a deep class. I have watched him a few times, um, just watching Tutu and um, Cunningham. But um, I think from what I've seen, I think you know it wouldn't shock me if he went down there and did some good things. I've heard his name buzzed around, but I definitely he's definitely a guy that I, I plan to circle around and do some more homework on. Yeah, I've seen him. Um, I've seen him a few times. Like I said, I haven't dug you know deep into do a deep dive into his film, 
but he did have the height, the length. Uh, you know, he attacks the ball well with uh, with strong hands. So I, I will definitely uh, be watching him or, or taking you know taking a deep dive into his film soon. Yeah, from what I saw, I like uh, he's a smooth athlete. Catches catches the ball with his hands, goes up and gets the ball. I, I just like the way he moves. It's not um it's not the sudden explosive type moves. It's more of a it's more of the the smooth fluid movements for him. He's that type of receiver. But I think he I think with his with his route running and with his catch radius and everything, I think I I I, I think he he's gonna be another one in this in this deep class. Um, I don't believe he'll go uh very high just for just because you know it's, this class is insanely deep. But there, I think he'll uh, he'll find success earlier rather than later. Well, let's move on to tight ends. And Eugene, you've got another smaller school guy for us here in Quentin Morris from Bowling Green. Uh, what can you tell us about him? He came to Bowling Green as a six foot three, two hundred pound wide receiver. So he he began a conversion to tight end. I think in twenty nineteen. He's been it's been a tight end two years. Um. And he's led the team in receive. Actually, led the whole uh, conference in receiving. He has the athletic ability, the uh, the speed, the the fluidity of a wide receiver, but the, the, he just packed on fifty more pounds. So now he's got a little bit more strength. He's got some run after the catch ability, and the, I think the his strength is his strength at the catch point. Sometimes he's got guys hanging all over him. He still comes down with the ball. He's got strong hands. Keeps he, I mean, once he gets to his two hands on the ball, sometimes you see receivers when they catch the ball, the ball's moving in their hand a little bit until they secure it. I mean, the ball touches his two hands and doesn't move at all anymore. That's it. He's got the he's got the catch. Um, that's that's his strength for what I've seen so far. That's his strength. Is his, his strength is at the catch point, and um, he has good uh, athletic ability. So he's another guy that you want to see them. At that next level, you want to see them against higher competition and then see if is what you have real or or is there a ceiling to what you're doing. So he's another guy that's just 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 intriguing where you want to see him in one on ones. And you want to I want to see him blocking against a higher level of competition as well, because I know he put on I mean, just the weight that he put on speaks to his work work ethic in the weight room. But uh, did they teach him the proper blocking techniques and how to drive people back and all of that? So he's a guy to look at because he right now I think he's an athlete going down there. So I want to see if he if he really transitions into the the skill part of the uh, tight end position. Well, look, I know a thing or two about putting fifty pounds on in college, and I can promise you it did not help my athleticism. Um, <laughs> uh, well, look, let's uh, let's bump up to some of the bigger schools then again. And uh, and Hag, I know you've looked at this kid from Georgia, Trey McKitty. What can you tell us about him? Trey McKitty, he's a, a good-sized kid, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 240-ish. Um, not the biggest tight end, but I think he fits the mold of what a lot of these guys are right now. Um, he's a Florida State transfer. Um, he signed with them uh, right when things – right before things hit the fan with them. And, I, you know, he, he decided to grad transfer to Georgia. And even at Georgia, he was underutilized. He only had six receptions this year, 100 or so yards. But as we could see with Darnell Washington, you know, you heard murmurs of him wanting to transfer out, and I don't—it's not a, a receiver nor a, a, a tight end a friendly system when you really go back and watch the film. Um, but Trey McKitty—he's a, a, a solid all-around tight end. Um, he's a good athlete. 
he, he 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 beat man coverage really well. Like I've seen him work out a few times. Um, he he actually he moves really well. He's quick. He's sudden. Um, he's not the strongest guy, but I really like him. I think he can take advantage of some matchups down in Mobile, and that's the reason why I think he got the invite because I think scouts want to see him. Um, and I think you know people will be surprised once we go back and watch some of these one on ones with him matched up against some of these safeties. And Dame, I know you've got a pair of them for us here. So let's start with uh, with Kenny Yaboa, if I pronounce that name wrong. If yeah, not, yeah, sorry. You did. You did. Uh, <laughs> well, why don't you kick us off with uh, with old Mrs. Tight End here? Uh, Kenny Yaboa, you know, he's he's not he's a solid athlete. He's not overwhelming as an athlete. Uh, he reminds me of Jared Cook, uh, who's been a long term tight end in the NFL. Uh, solid inline blocker could be better and could become stronger. Uh, he he's a seamstress is what I like to call guys who attack the seam a lot. He's very good up field uh, in the seam in the seams and across the middle of the field. Uh, like I said, when it comes to blocking, I want to see him play with better pad level, better leverage, but overall it just gets stronger. He's a guy that may end up you may want to detach him from the line of scrimmage, put him in the slot, try to get a matchup with those linebackers. Uh, routes are solid; they're not great. He's not a route technician. But with his catch radius, you know, he's he's given defenses problems. And he's a guy that you can work open. You know, you put him into – it depends on the offense he, he uh, he's drafted to. Uh, you know, he's not like the vocal point. He's not that. He's not the Kyle Pitts and Brevin Joe. He's not those guys. But he's, a, he's an effective player. And in the right system and scheme, he could be pretty productive in the NFL. And let's hop over to your other guy here then in Hunter Long from Boston College. Uh, what can you tell us about him? So Hunter Long, sturdy inline blocker. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Austin Hooper. I think he's a better blocker than Austin Hooper is. Uh, he's not flashy. He's not going to wow you with athleticism, but he's consistent. He's uh, He's got a power for it. Um, kind of skill set, you know, when you put him into those downfield routes, he plays the ball at the highest point. He knows how to box out defenders. He does he, he does well with his routes, knowing how to break off a leverage, uh, sit down on some routes, zone beater. He finds the soft spots very well, intelligent guy. Uh, like I said, when it comes down to, I think for me, alignment versatility, is he somebody that you're going to try to match up out wide one-on-one? In the red zone, I think he could be one of those tight ends where you get him matched up on a, a, a corner or safety and you try to throw the fade route to him and let him go up and just box him out, play basketball and say, hey, go up and get it, big fella. But he's not a guy that you want to throw into the slot a lot. Uh, like I said, he he runs solid routes, but he's not because of the fact of his limited athleticism. I don't know how much he's going to separate, um, put it, put you know putting it out in in the slot, not wide, um, in the NFL. So I'm excited to see how they use him down in Mobile uh, when it pertains to his skill set because he he's a pretty he's a solid player and he's productive and he has a skill set that could uh, that really could flourish in the NFL and find a solid role. Well, before we round this thing to a close, I want to pose one more question to you guys. If you were drafting out of this pool of players to form your own senior bowl team, who is the one player at each position you would not want to leave that draft without? Who's the one guy you want, starting with quarterback? Down in Mobile, I would say Jamie Newman. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because he seems like the most talented of the group. He seems the most capable of the group. Um, if Jordan Love can go, I saw Jordan Love down there last year. I wasn't blown away 
but if he can come away as a first round pick, um, I think you know I had to pick one. I'd go Jamie Newman. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's got to be Jamie Newman. Well, that was easy then. Uh, what about running back? Uh, Michael Carter. Let me get let me get some of that Michael Carter love. Uh, dynamic player in space behind the line of scrimmage, running the ball, catching the ball. He's a he's a guy that can do it all. So I, I have to have Michael Carter. I think I'm going to go with the guy that I spoke on uh, earlier. I think we have, you know, Michael Carters in the draft. Um, I think Colin Hill, for as much love as Javante Williams gets, I think he plays a lot like him. Um, but I think he has a little bit more wiggle. Um, so I would say Colin Hill from the running back position. Eugene, who are you picking? I would, I would go uh, I'd go Colin Hill just for the dual threat ability. We know he can um, – he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and we know he can run. So I would go Colin Hill. I, he, I think he's uh, – I think I can do more with him. I mean, not that you can't do a lot with, with Michael Carter as well, but I, if I if I need to – I need to pound the ball uh, to, you know, to wear down the defense, I know I can do that with uh, Colin Hill. So I would go Colin. Well, then give me the, uh, the one receiver you wouldn't leave Mobile without. So I'll go a guy that we talked about earlier just because I, I feel like uh, – in the right offense, he could be terrifying, and uh, that'll be Tony. Uh, oh yeah, I think Tony. Tony, you know, he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit uh, because we we threw him in that elite conversation earlier, and I think his draft stock took a huge jump this year. But Kandarius Tony, calling human joystick, he's gonna make you miss. I think with the right offensive coordinator, he can be very very dangerous. Uh, and I love his game, and I think he's gonna break somebody's ankles down in Mobile. And <laughs> I hope they get on video. So I'm gonna go Nico Collins. I I'm really big on having a deep threat and a guy that can you know just stretch the field. And not only can he stretch the field, he can stretch vertically, um, you know, separate vertically. I think, like, you know, just like when Hag's talking about with Tony, I think in the right offense, Nico Collins can truly flourish. Uh, I'm not, and again, I'm not calling him, I'm not going to say he's DK Metcalf, but it's kind of DK Metcalf-ish, big, physical, fast, not the best routes, uh, not the greatest change of direction, all the same, all similar knocks for both prospects. But again, the right landing spot, he could be a legitimate deep threat that teams have to worry about every week. Yeah, I would go. Um, I'm trying to look to see if it's anything anybody other than Kadarius Tony, but I think that's the highest upside of the of this list. So I'm 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 going Kadarius. There's also a guy who I think is going to have a great week down there that we didn't touch on, and uh, he's one of my favorite receivers in the draft. And I hate that I didn't bring him up earlier, but it's Amari Rogers. I was thinking the same uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has he has a weird build, a running back build mm-hmm. for a receiver. So productive in that Clemson offense. Um, he recovered remarkably last year from the ACL. But I just love the way he plays football. I love the way he he, he look. He's 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 a coach's son. He plays with a high football IQ, and you can see it. Uh, you can see it when he plays. He has big playability. I think he's probably going to be you know four four guy. Um, I think he has good speed. It's not blow your mind, but it's, it's adequate. I think he runs good, solid routes. I think he's going to be a good pro. I think Amari Rogers is going to be a really, really good pro receiver uh, for the next few years going forward, and I hope he lands in the right offense because he can be a weapon. The thing I love about Rogers is, you know, the the ability with the ball in his hands is the trump card, and a lot of guys with that sort of ability 
have more inconsistent hands than he does, but he's so technically refined in watching the ball and catching it in an early window. Uh, those sorts of things you just don't see with a guy who can run like that. They want to transition immediately, and he does a great job of locking in as a receiver before becoming a runner. Um, well, let's finish this off then with tight ends. Well, the guy the guy I want to see the most is obviously McKitty, and that's why I brought him up. But I think Yaboa, um, because – I feel like he has the highest upside when you look at, uh, I think, you know, Hunter Long is a good all-around tight end, but your boy, when you saw what he did, Alabama with the design plays and having that athleticism go up and, and dunk over people like he did earlier in the season on people, I think he's the guy that I would have to take uh, down in Mobile just simply because of, of his upside. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Like I said, Hunter Long is probably the more pro-ready prospect, you could say, but the upside with, with Yaboa is definitely higher just because he's a better athlete, uh, better vertically. He can go up and get the football, you know, just more explosive in, in his lower half than Hunter Long is. And so I, I, I agree with you on that. I'll take Yaboa as well. Yeah, I would say Hunter Long is the safest uh, pick. But, I mean, I, I want some bang for my buck. So I'm going Kenny Yaboa as well, strictly for the upside. Because, I mean, you think you, you think what, what you're drafting – is not where he's going to be in a year or, or two years. You're going to think that projecting that forward, you're going to think you're going to have a high-level uh, tight end prospect there. So, yeah, I say you, Boa. Well, look, the game is only a couple of weeks away, and, uh, well, we'll be back next week talking about the well, the terrors in the trenches, I guess. So everybody tune back in next week. Uh, we'll be talking offensive line, defensive line, and the guys to watch in Mobile. Um, in the meantime, follow us at Crocker Report on Twitter or uh, – CrockerReport.com.